Hello and welcome to the Evolving Spiritual Practice Podcast. My name is Ralph Cree and this is brought to you by bodyheartmindspirit.co.uk. This episode I'd like to share with you a piece of writing I did uh, a couple of years ago. I think uh, about three years ago. It was something I wrote uh, about meditation and it's called Waking Up to the Transpersonal via Meditation. Meditation is a very effective relaxation technique and for many people this is the goal of their practice and a worthy one. It can also be a technique for realising something more radical. Waking up from the dream of exclusive identification with your personality, often called the self or ego in meditation literature. This sounds quite odd, disorientating and even scary. I'm going to demonstrate that this is actually everyone's experience all the time, whether they know it or not, and is the most natural and easy way to be we will discover that we actually have a greater capacity than we usually assume. What I'm about to describe is not a philosophy. It's a direct living experience that is there for you to find for yourself. You don't have to obliterate your personality through austere and cruel practices. It's more a case of looking carefully and honestly at what is actually happening in your moment-to-moment experience. Once you've woken up to what lies within beyond and behind your personality. You'll have more freedom to be creative and be more open to what other people and life have to offer. This process is a story with two parts. Don't be tempted to stop at part one, otherwise you'll be left divided rather than whole. We are ultimately aiming for an experience of oneness, of unification, part two. But before we do that, we need to make a fundamental separation within ourselves, part one, in order to have two parts that can be made into a whole that is greater than what was there before. Part one. If you take up a meditation practice, you'll begin to look very closely at your direct experience. The first thing you'll notice is that bodily sensations, sounds, tastes, smells, visuals, emotions and daydreaming thoughts come, stay for a while and then disappear in an ever-changing kaleidoscopic display. If your identity, your sense of self, were exclusively bound up with any of these things, for example your thoughts, then you would come and go too, but you don't. We all feel that there is a permanent, continuous and unchanging part of our self that is always there, watching our life unfold, and you'd be right about that. This is not really a part of ourselves. In fact, we've no decent word for it. The closest we have in English is the word awareness. The trouble with this word is is that it's a word in the third person, an objective perspective, an it or something out there. But awareness is also a subjective experience in the first person perspective. You feel and know that I have the direct experience that I exist and am present right now in this moment. You don't have awareness. At this level, you are awareness. 
If you bring to mind an early childhood memory, you can actually feel what it was like to be there, present at that moment in time. But in what way does it make sense to say you were there? Your body was that of a child, as were your emotions and ideas about life. In other words, in this sense you were entirely different to who you are now. But we can still say that you were there. The same feeling of I am that is here now was there too. This is what we call awareness in English. What does awareness feel like? It feels like the lights are on. You are here. You're present. It's also effortlessly awake, always open and uncontracted. Your awareness won't reject anything because it has no contents, nothing solid or vulnerable to defend. You can test this. Clap your hands and try not to hear the sound, or open your eyes and try not to see the scenery. You can even pinch your skin until it hurts, and as awareness you'll be as receptive to that as smelling a rose, despite the negative sensations and emotions that arise. But the tricky thing about it is that as awareness you have no shape, colour, flavour or odour. In fact, you are formless, and contrary to what we are used to, as awareness, you won't see yourself. At this level of your identity as awareness, you are the one doing the seeing, and therefore can't look back on yourself to see yourself. But what you can do is directly experience your identity at this level. I'm going to use some different terms and words for awareness in an attempt to include some first-person perspectives, such as formless I. As formless I, you are not a nothing, though. This is a common error to think your formlessness is nothing. What would be beneficial about realising you are absolutely nothing? This error can lead to people trying to be nothing and then finding they are still there and giving up meditation practice because it seems crazy and pointless. Someone is home, but not the someone we normally think we are. Formless I is awake, and is the light when we say, the lights are on. Clear light is an excellent analogy, because it is clear, transparent light that lights up the daytime. But we don't see the light itself, as it simply illuminates the scenery. In the same way, as formless I, you illuminate your internal scenery when meditating. One of the aspects of your internal scenery that you can see when meditating is your personality, what we might call your small I, the one who likes music, talking and food. You are seeing your small I with your big formless I. Once this recognition takes place through meditation practice, you realise that at the deepest level of your identity, your formless I, you have no quarrel with life. This is the level where all your questions and answers go to die. There is a huge existential relaxation in this. You'll find that, as formless I, you seek nothing. In a ceaseless act of utter simplicity, you are shining the light on this moment and nothing else. 
This is your release from the burden of life. Your small eye, the one who loves chocolate and hates having the flu, can find this recognition terrifying. It can feel like the bottom has dropped away from your sense of self. And you are now this sort of crazy person who has no preference over having a soothing soak in a warm bath or being eaten alive by piranhas. But the antidote to this fear is the realisation, if you look close enough, that actually nothing has changed, as you've always been this way your whole life, and you manage to live day to day just fine. Part 2. Once you've recognised your formless eye, you could feel like you may as well let your life just drift off into oblivion. Some people actually do this. They may stop at this place on the path for days, months, years, or even the rest of their lives. There are plenty of books, photos, videos, and stories of people like this, and you can look them up on the internet. You have woken up as formless consciousness, a bright and shining I am, with no urge to do anything other than drink in this moment with all its beauty, horror, and boredom without any effort. But if you are lucky or simply persistent, you'll notice that something else is happening too. Life, the world, nature, people, desires and creative urges still arise. They keep happening. Your small eye loves to feel the sun at the beach because it is beautiful and pleasing. Your small eye, your personality, hates cruelty because it is disgusting and wrong. You begin to pick your life up again, what has changed is that your personality is now part of the scenery, just like a tree or another person. You become far less attached to your personality and have set it free to adapt and change to the currents of life as it needs. Rather than being a person looking out at nature, you now feel that you are nature looking at, experiencing and feeling itself. The following statement is very difficult to put into words. Your emptiness that you woke up to in part one is now simultaneous and seamlessly integrated with every event in your life. By event, I mean, for example, a moment of anger, the sound of a dog eating its supper, or watching a child carefully drawing a picture. This is called non-duality in the meditation literature, meaning that you are both empty and full at the same time. Your empty awareness is filled with the world, What's the benefit of this way of being? The more empty you are, there's more space in which you can be filled with the fullness of your life. The stifling power of fear drops away dramatically. It's now far less scary to change career, to have the difficult conversation you need to have with a loved one, or to die. The fear doesn't disappear, but just bothers you less when it comes. It's not game over when you feel afraid as you don't become identified with your fear. It is merely another object arising within your spacious and radically free awareness. The thrilling and often beautiful storms of life can rage. You can get involved with intensity while all the time feeling the stability and deep keel of your formless, aware I. Like the yin-yang symbol, you are very black and very white not a mushy grey circle. You are free from everything, yet also free to be anything. 
This is the point where all the paradoxical and often cliched statements that appear in the world's meditation traditions make perfect sense. Not just on a conceptual level, but as your felt experience moment to moment. You are everything and nothing. Effortless effort. The one and the many. What was once out there has become your experience here and now. Third person perspective, the Buddha, has become first person perspective. I am the Buddha. You are the Buddha. Enjoy. I made all the music that I use in my podcasts. If you'd like to hear more of my music, please go to SoundCloud and check out my profile under the name Ralph Cree.